Ben Milton, and you're listening to Make a Scene Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. Happy Tuesday night, everyone. This is Sherelle Jardine, and I'm coming to you from beautiful Vancouver, Canada. Thanks for tuning in to Make a Scene Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. Make a Scene Canada is sponsored by Zed Productions. Zed Productions is a full-service production company offering the best studios and services to suit your project and budget from recording to mixing and mastering. Contact Sheldon Zaharko at SheldonZaharko.com. On Make a Scene Canada, I'm excited to promote Canadian artists, introducing you to them and their music. If you love the show and would like to donate to Make a Scene Canada, please visit PacificNorthwestRadio.com and click the Donate button. If you're interested in sponsoring the station or Make a Scene Canada or advertising with us, please get in touch. Our email is PacificNorthwestRadio at gmail.com and in the subject line, put Make a Scene Canada or Pacific Northwest Radio or maybe one of our other programs and you can find them all on PacificNorthwestRadio.com. Right now, while you're listening to the show, find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook, at Make a Scene Canada. We also have a group page, Make a Scene BC, where you can post your upcoming gigs. Give the station a like at Pacific Northwest Radio, and follow the station on Twitter and Instagram. Tonight's show is really special to me. I've loved Blue Rodeo for over 25 years. I've interviewed Jim Cuddy in the past, and now on tonight's show, I get to share my interview with Glenn Milcham. He's the drummer in Blue Rodeo multi-talented musician that has a new album out called Fates Conspire. Hey, Glenn, it's Sherelle from Magazine Canada. How's it going? I'm good, Sherelle. How are you? I'm really good. I want to really thank you for taking the time out to be on the show because I know you're super busy. No problem. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Cool. And I want to talk to you about your career, Blue Rodeo, of course, being one of my all-time favorite Canadian bands, your other bands, your new album, and all that kind of good stuff. Is that cool? Of course. Okay. So I want to start by exploring your beginnings. So your father is a lifelong jazz fanatic with a wide range of tastes. Your mom loved classical music. So really interesting combination. What were your first records that you listened to? Uh, well, uh, the first records I listened to, um, I mean, I guess obviously I, I heard a lot of the music that my parents listened to. My dad did listen to a lot of jazz uh, and blues and that sort of thing. And... Um, Though, though when I was a kid, I didn't, like when I was really young, I didn't necessarily love that. It definitely rubbed off on me. And, uh, you know, by the time I was in my teens, I was I was uh, into jazz. And I've, I've, I still love jazz, and I've sort of listened to jazz my whole life. But when I was became of the age where I was choosing my own music, uh, I mean, when I was a really little kid, I loved the Partridge Family. Oh, no. Keith. Uh, yeah, which was like a, you know, the 70s TV show. I thought that was the coolest thing. Then I remember, though, when I got a little older, when I was nine or ten, I heard Alice Cooper for the first time, and I became obsessed with Alice Cooper. And I really wanted my dad to buy me an Alice Cooper record, but he, he wouldn't, and he bought me a Partridge Family record. <laughs> but... Uh, but then eventually, uh, he, uh, a friend of his at work, uh, he was talking to a friend of his, and he was going like, ah, my kid really loves Alice Cooper. And this kid goes like, ah, the, this guy he was working with was like, Alice Cooper, I hate Alice Cooper. He can have my Alice Cooper record. And so I got my uh, first Alice Cooper record, which was Love It to Death. And awesome. yeah, I, was, I was really, so I, Alice Cooper was kind of my first rock and roll obsession when I was nine or 10 years old. Okay, that's, and, that's really yeah, cool. And, and around that time, too, I also, you know, I, I, I got Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd and that sort of thing. 
So, uh, yeah, and then after that, I, uh, when I was a bit older, I got into progressive rock and jazz, and then I threw all that away when I got into punk rock and new wave when I was about 15 or 16. So you've done the whole gamut of genres then over the years? Yeah, now I like all music. Now I just love all music. I'll listen to everything. When you're a kid, right, you 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 define yourself on what you like and dislike and that, that sort of thing. So oh, I, I went through that with those pieces. What actually drew you to rhythm? Um, I can't really say what drew me to rhythm. I mean, I was drawn to music in general, and I've often wondered why I was drawn to drums so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have a next-door neighbor who used to babysit my brother and I. I have a twin brother. And he was a, uh, he was a really cool guy. He was a teenager, and he had an amazing drum set. He had an, a Ludwig. This was in the 1970s, and he had a Ludwig drum set with two bass drums, and he had all these cool posters and stuff in his basement. And he would let me come over to his basement and try his drum set. And I... I think that might have been the beginning of my obsession. I was I was eight years old when I became obsessed with drums, and I remember you know I would get drum catalogs and look, spend hours looking at the drum sets and dreaming about having a drum set of my own. Uh, but my parents started out by just buying me some bongos because I don't think they, you know, they didn't want to make the finance, you know, they didn't want to spend hundreds of dollars on no a drum kidding. kit and have me quit like <laughs> you know a couple months later. But by by the time I was ten and I was still obsessed, my my dad took me out and bought me my first drum kit. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Now, you've had such a wonderful career to date. Can you remember all the names of the bands you've played with, except, you know, no, besides No, I can't. I, I, I mean, I can remember the names of all the bands I've played with, but I've, I've played in dozens and so dozens many. of bands. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't list them all. I mean, I've been playing in bands since, like, 1982. Wow. So, uh, you know, I've like, 37 years of bands. And, you know, some of them I've some of them I've just done a couple of gigs with, you know, and some of them I've been with for decades. So yeah, no it's, I can't name them all, no. Well, no kidding. Well, Andrew <laughs> I Cash. I'm just naming all the bands I'm playing in right now. Yeah, no kidding. I know, you're so busy. I was, I was creeping you on Facebook and stuff. I'm like, I don't even know where to start with this guy. Right. It's actually been, uh, you know, my schedule has kind of, you know, some of the bands have kind of fallen by the wayside just because uh you know, my schedule has gotten busy and I just haven't been available. Mm-hmm. And most of the bands I'm in, a lot of them have more than one drummer because, uh, you know, in Toronto there's a lot of working musicians and, and everybody's sort of doing different projects. So so a lot of bands now will have, you know, a, uh, you know, a couple of bass players or a couple of drummers, you know, depending on who's available. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, everybody's trying to be a working musician. Yeah, exactly. And uh, availability... Uh, it often becomes an issue. Yeah, so. for sure. It's the same in Vancouver, too. I mean, yeah, everybody's got stuff to do. So, yeah, it's yeah. you've been in Blue Rodeo for over 25 years now. How did you get that gig? Well, they knew of me for a long time, but they never thought of me as a drummer that would be suitable for their band. But but I know Jim and Greg and Basil, you know, used to come and see bands I was in. They would, you know, I, I remember them telling me that they would come and see the Garbage Men or Vital Signs, which were a couple of like local Toronto bands I was in in the early and mid eighties. And, you know, they would just go out and see bands. And so they would see me play and, you know, and so they knew of me. It wasn't until they saw me play with Andrew Cash, who uh, is kind of a, was more of a a roots uh, kind of oriented singer songwriter. He actually went on to become uh, an MP in in Ottawa in the house of commons. He actually uh, sort of, 
wrapped up his music career and and became a politician. And uh, he's actually going to be running for the NDP again this election. Oh wow! And he's an awesome, yeah, he's an awesome dude, and uh, he's like a wonderful singer songwriter, and a and a, a great uh, politician too. But anyway, I I was playing with them with him. I, I was with him for I think four years. And he had a record deal on Island Records, and um, and so he was touring, and uh, we did a show opening for Blue Rodeo, and uh, you know I think they saw me play, and they thought like, oh, he plays our kind of music, <laughs> wow. and then they were uh, they were recording Lost Together, and the drummer they had at the time, Mark French, uh, I, I think they were feeling that they wanted to have someone that. Um, had like Mark's a really was a really nice drummer, but I think they were they were, wanted to have someone who kind of had a uh, a broader range because they were doing they were doing uh, sort of long epic songs and they were doing quieter stuff and 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 they thought I think they just felt that they needed a drummer that had a a, a bit of a broader range and so they uh, asked me if I wanted to come and audition. Oh, and so I did and. Uh, and I recorded Lost Together with them, and, and I've been with them ever since. What a song. What an epic song. I remember at the time, Jim saying to Greg, like, you got a hit with this one, buddy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he knew, he knew it was a hit. I didn't, you know, when I heard it, I wasn't like, that's a smash hit, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just a, a song on the record to me, you know. It didn't become obvious that it was going to be, 25 years later it was going to be played at everyone's wedding oh my god but uh yeah you never you never know these things at the time yeah such a fan favorite because when you're at your shows i mean everybody knows all the words and it's just it must be amazing up on stage just hearing that from the audience coming back to you yeah it is it's it's uh actually it's definitely one of the most enjoyable parts of the show is when the audience is singing along with lost together or hasn't hit me yet it's uh that's a, yeah, it's a, it's a lovely thing. I never it never gets old. No kidding. What's your favorite Blue Rodeo moment on stage or uh, event? Well, that's, that's tough because there have been like literally you know hundreds of great moments. But mm-hmm. the first one that pops to mind, uh, which was fairly recent, which maybe it pops to mind, but it was a beautiful moment, and that was the very last time. Uh, so it's actually making me choke up a little. But it was the um. The very last time that Gord Downey came on stage uh, was when we were playing Massey Hall and with the Sadies, and it was it was after he'd finished the the farewell tour with the Tragically Hip, and and he just come to the show to watch the show. He's pals with the he was pals with with the Sadies. He'd done a record with them, okay. and the Sadies were opening for us. And, you know, it's a tradition that the opening band always comes out and walks together and sings it with us. And Travis Good, the guitar player from the Sadies, was saying to Gord, you know, you got to come out, you got to come out and sing. Mm-hmm. And Gord at that point was, you know, he was pretty far along in, in his condition mm-hmm. and was, you know, his memory was not good. And he was, he was afraid to come out. He was saying, I, I don't know the words. I can't, I can't remember the words. Mm-hmm. And so Travis was trying to go over the words with him, uh, but and then and then when it was time to do Lost Together, it came out and 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 Gord came out and there was just this huge roar from the audience, and we did the song, and uh, when the, the choruses came, which is when everybody's supposed to sing, Gord didn't really sing because he just 
he couldn't remember the words, you know. Right. It's just like, you know, uh, the condition, in his condition, he could talk, he could hang out, but sort of memorizing things was not really an option anymore. And uh, But what he did do is that there's a keyboard breakdown uh, in the middle of the song, and he just stepped forward, and he did a, he did a vocal improvisation. And it was really... It was really beautiful, you know, and it was, uh, it turned out that was the last time he was on stage and that was the last time that he, uh, wow. performed in front of an audience and it was really special, yeah. you know, like, no kidding. the love, the love that was in the room for that was really something I'll never forget, you know, so that's nice. probably the most special moment. Now I'm choked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really, it was really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. I've been following Blue Rodeo for probably about 27 years now. Basil and Bob and actually James Gray, the late James Gray, all played on one of my solo projects at the Woodshed. What a fantastic right. studio, by the way. Are, are Blue Rodeo, are you still recording all of the songs there? Well, um, general, well, we haven't made a record in, I guess it's been at least three or four years, mm -hmm. but that, the last record we did was done entirely at the woodshed uh the one before in the lot was called the thousand arms the record before that was in our nature and that was almost done entirely at greg's house oh nice and, uh, so because greg still has a, a fully functioning recording studio at his house as well so we but mostly we record at the woodshed okay. and i think that's just you know um it's just easier because because most of us live in the city Mm -hmm. And uh, but they're both good studios. But the Woodshed's a great studio. It's a yeah. great place to record. So, that's awesome. Uh, but you know, when we make another record, and I don't know when that's going to happen, but um, I, I assume it'll be at the Woodshed still. Okay. And what's the process for recording? How do you guys? Are you live off the floor? This is actually the last question about Blue Rodeo. So, um, and then we're going to get on with your stuff. Sorry about that. I'm kind no, of gushing. Don't be sorry. Yeah. I, I, I'm happy to talk about Blue Rodeo. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Um, oh, my God. Our process is generally, it, it, the, it varies from record to record, but generally we get together. Um, we don't do a lot, like we don't rehearse. Generally speaking, Blue Rodeo does not rehearse. Okay. Uh, we'll get together and, and, you know, maybe we'll run over a song and sound check if we do a sound check. But, um, if we're going to do a record, we might rehearse. Like, I, actually, for the last record, we did we did get together and rehearse sort of periodically before the record was done, which was a bit unusual. And we sort of spent time arranging the songs. and, and, and the, But then the arrangements always end up evolving and changing at the last minute. And But then generally how we record is everybody together in a room. And... Um, you know, you just try and get uh, as much of a good group performance as, as possible. And then if anybody has any mistakes to fix, you fix them. And then generally, usually the vocals might be re-recorded. Though sometimes, you know, uh, the, a magical vocal will happen uh, while you're recording the bed track. And, and that will be kept. And then, and then after that, you know, there's overdubs like, um, you know, harmony vocals and, and uh, you know, perhaps, you know, uh, if there's extra instruments, like if, we're, if you know, maybe we'll have strings on a song or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that that might be overdubbed later. So it's rare that the whole thing is live off the floor. But we do try to capture uh, as much of a group performance as possible in general. 
And I should say that though everyone will be in the room together, Greg generally isn't because he has um, he has very sort of sensitive hearing. He has uh, his hearing is good, but he he's kind of uh, just from years of loud music, and also because he's diabetic, he he sort of has issues with with volume, mm-hmm. so he kind of has to be isolated. Okay. Uh, but but the rest of us are all in the room together, and we just hear him through headphones, and he hears us through uh, usually through a speaker. Oh, that's cool. How's he doing, anyways? He had a little bit of a health scare. Uh, he's doing well. Yeah, he had a, he had a, a health complication recently um, that you know, related to his diabetes and, and, uh, he, he had to get some, uh, treatment, but, uh, he's, he's almost fully recovered now. He's going to be, well, I, I'm actually heading to Montreal tonight to play there tomorrow as part of the Montreal Jazz Festival. And he'll be playing with us in Montreal. Nice. So he's, he's going to be back with us. He's not, uh, we're playing the following night in Kirkland Lake and that's a bit of a haul for him right now. So he's, he's going to be skipping Kirkland Lake. Uh, and then I think then he's going to be back for the rest of the gigs in the summer. Oh, that's awesome! So he's he only so far he's 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 missed a couple of gigs just because of this this problem he's had. But but uh, he's he's going to be fine. Oh, that's good. Well, say hi for me, definitely. I will. So your first solo CD, Turning Blue by the Swallows, came out in 1999. This must have been such an exciting time and busy for you playing with Blue Rodeo and putting out your own recording. Um, now, I'm, I hope I'm saying this right, Blurtonia's Ian Blurton and cellist, yep. vocalist Annie Bourne. They played on your tracks. And Bourne, yeah. And Bourne. Oh, my God. I remember Great seeing her on Five Days in May, blowing my mind. That must have been amazing having them on your tracks. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, having you mean Anne play yeah. on uh, on the record? You mean or? on on yours? Did yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah, it was it was uh, nice having having those people on there. You know, I I uh, like Anne and I were a couple at the time. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, I actually <laughs> okay. have a I actually have a, a, a my daughter uh, Willow, who's twenty years old now, uh, is my child that I had with Anne. Oh, nice. Uh, that we uh, we broke up many years ago but uh but, yeah we had uh, we had uh, a lovely daughter together mm. and uh, yeah she did play on turning blue as did ian blurton who i'm playing with now in ian blurton's future now that's i just got off the road with them actually um i just got home yesterday i know from, uh, a, a tour with them so i'm still playing with ian as well ian's uh, ian's amazing and uh he's a he's an amazing uh musician and human being and uh whenever he asks me to do something i i do whatever i can to to be involved with it because it's just always rewarding i want to fast forward to your brand new album fates conspire so june 10th you had your release party at the communist daughter how did it go well it was fun it was nice it was just a very low-key last minute kind of intimate affair i've been uh also doing sets opening for future now when we did this tour so I, i've done a done seven or eight shows now just little solo sets doing material from the record mostly oh that's cool and your wife sang with you at your release party does she always sing at, at events when she can or no that's the first time she sang since uh since she was in public school but uh i recorded um one of the songs on the recording, which for the most part is just me and an acoustic guitar, um, because I, I just wanted to do a stripped down kind of live recording without any overdubs. Uh, I just wanted to do something just minimal and, you know, and, uh, 
without a you know with as little studio trickery as possible mm-hmm. and uh and i just wanted to i just wanted to do a recording where the songs just sort of sit um on their own without any embellishments mm-hmm. you know i i was kind of inspired by um neil young's hitchhiker record oh, okay. um, which is uh, basically, was a, 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 a album of demos that he recorded in '74, and it's just all, that record is just him and an acoustic guitar, sometimes on piano, maybe he plays a bit of a harmonica. But it's a beautiful record; it's ten songs, and it has the original versions of songs like uh, Pocahontas, and um, I think a Powderfinger is on that, the original version of Powderfinger. And I just thought oh, that's really cool. I'd like to try that. So I, you know, I. I I just did this. I just went, got together with my buddy John Bora, who's a wonderful uh, Toronto singer-songwriter, and also, uh, you know, he's a sound engineer as well. And uh, yeah, and, and we just went into this our buddy's rehearsal space and recorded a bunch of songs um, over. You know, when, whenever I had, whenever we both had a day, you know, and my, and my wife came along. My wife Monica came along and, and filmed it, and. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, after after sort of doing that off and on for uh, I don't know six or seven months, I I just sort of picked the nine best songs and uh, or the best versions and made a made a little record and put it online. That's awesome. You're answering all my questions here. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. As a songwriter myself, I can really relate to that stripped down version of the song because it's it's where it starts, right? Yeah, and I, you know I I put out four cds with my band the swallows and and in in those with those cds most of the time i played all the instruments myself sometimes i would have the band record but a lot of it is just me overdubbing and uh, you know there'd be a lot of instruments on there and i and when i listened to it years later when i listened to those recordings i kind of felt like i had um almost buried the songs sometimes and guitars and effects and you know all these different sounds and i felt like i and i felt like some of these songs are you know i feel i still feel like i like these songs and and i i would like to do more stripped down versions of them without all the uh without all the dressing you know mm-hmm. so that's what i did Oh, that's, that's fantastic. So Fates Conspire is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Tidal, or the digital platforms of your choice. And I'd like yep. to play a song right now from the album Wrench. What inspired okay. you to write that song? What inspired me to write that song is, uh, I, I think I was thinking about men I know who were in relationships with women who are a bit younger than them and maybe a bit smarter than them mm. and who maybe in some ways had fatal flaws uh, as people, but, but were good at manipulating people. Yeah. And I guess I'd, I'd look, I'd sort of observed a couple of relationships where I felt like these men manipulated these women who, who maybe were more smarter, smarter and more capable people than they are into being with them and staying with them and and uh, well, maybe they would have been better off without them. Mm, <laughs> so okay. I kind of wrote the song from the perspective of a man who was in a relationship like that and who's being honest with himself and what that would be like, which I think is something you would never actually hear in real life. Yeah, no kidding. So, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. so that's kind of like, 
it's kind of like the idea of the song is this guy talking to his partner or talking to himself and, and being sort of brutally honest with himself about what's really going on. I found you when you were young Enough not to know any better Than to get with the likes of me I wanna be acting like a go-getter You fell for my very first line I always was a good confidence man I knew you were too good for me Even when you were clearing my hands And I'm so scared You'll find out That I don't deserve you And you'll move on To a new life That will better serve you And I know that I Should face the truth But the truth it hurts I'm the man who will throw a wrench in the works between you and your dreams. My shadow looks. I'm the man who will throw a wrench in the works. I never dreamt that I could do you harm. Or hold you hostage to my fears All I have is my power to charm After that it's all smoke and mirrors I tried to tell you that you had to have faith I tried to tell you that you had to be strong I tried to trick you into sharing the blame I was the one to blame all along And I'm so scared you'll find out that I don't deserve you And you'll move on To a new love That will better serve you And I know that I Should face the truth But the truth It hurts I'm the man Who will throw A wrench in works Between you And your dreams my shadow lurks I'm the man who will throw A wrench in the works You know I will I'm here with Glenn Milcham and if you're just tuning in we just played Wrench from his new album Fates Conspire and you're listening to Magazine Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. I'm so happy that you're on the show tonight. Thank you so much. I know how busy you are. Now, this is kind of a fun section of the show, so I want to ask you a few questions. If you found a genie and had three wishes, what would one of them be? What would one of them be? Yeah, just tell me one. Uh, I would like my, my children to live long, healthy, and happy lives. That's that would be awesome. the first wish. That's beautiful. Okay. Worst gig ever. Worst gig ever. Ooh, there's a lot of contenders. <laughs> I know. I've got That's a pocket a full, one. too. Something that sticks out in your head where you're just like, oh, my God. It's, I, it's hard to say because, you know, when you're in the middle of a lousy gig and they do happen, you all, you're, you're always just trying to, like, look on the bright side. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've had some, I've had some 
you know, I, I think for me, some of the worst gigs have been like when I'm actually being a front man, because as opposed to being a drummer, because when you're a front man, you can't, you can't hide, you know? That's right. And uh, so I probably had moments where, uh, you know, I'm out front and there's not many people there and, and it's, and we're kind of sucking, and I just wish it was over <laughs> and that I could disappear. Um, I, I, I have memories of feeling like that a few times, but I, but I can't pinpoint any one particularly awful gig where that happened. Okay. But those are the worst gigs. Those, <laughs> yeah. those are the worst gigs when you're in front and you're just going, this is not happening, and I, I would like to disappear right now. Yeah, no kidding. Oh my God. Speaking, when I'm playing the drums, you're hiding behind a drum kit and even if the gig's a total disaster, it it it, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, you still look good back the there. Yeah, you can just sort of put your head down and go like whatever. I'm just I'm just a drummer. <laughs> That's well, the beauty of being the drummer. Oh, my God. Well, so many musicians listen to this show, so that's great. I'm sure everybody's going, oh, yeah, I know. I totally get that. <laughs> so that's great. So as I said, there are like lots of musicians that love listening to the show. And there are many artists vying for people's attention in these days. More and more download sites, thousands of songs people can listen to and purchase. What advice can you give artists that are trying to get above the noise to get their music heard? You know what? Um, it's that's tough. a tough one because yeah. you know, uh, just because you know, with this recording, in in many ways, I'm not even trying to um, sort of poke my head above the crowd. I, you know, I, I have a certain number of followers on Facebook. Uh, you know, largely because of of Blue Rodeo, and and uh, you know, but also I, I have been kicking around for three and a half decades in a mm-hmm. lot of bands. So so. Um, you know, I'm just kind of using that as a base, and 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 I, I, I'm not even really trying to compete because it's such a vast crowd. I'm just putting the music out there, so it's it's hard to it's hard to say exactly. I'm still a believer in, you know, the first thing you've got to have is you've got to have great songs. Mm-hmm. You've got to have great songs, and to have great songs means you just constantly have to be writing songs, and 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 being hard on yourself and, and, and improving your craft. And, and, um, and then you have to get them out there. You, then you have to have a great band. You have to have great recordings. You have to be, a, if you're a singer, you have to be the best singer you can be. Whether that's, and that doesn't necessarily mean like having perfect pitch. You know, I mean, you know, Bob Dylan doesn't have perfect pitch, but right. he's an incredible songwriter and, and he delivers the so- his songs in a, in a way that, that people relate to mm-hmm. and he's he is the best Bob Dylan he can be so you know I think that's the other aspect of it is 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 you know being the best artist you can be in every way and then you have to get out there and you have to sell yourself and you you have to be able to you have to be able to talk to people and schmooze and mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know remember industry people's names and and you know I have to say that every successful band I know has at least one person in it who has a good head for business and who is good at dealing with, with, with the business side of things and the people in the business end of the music business and, 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 and who's good with dealing with the public. Mm-hmm. And so you, you need to have that as well. And if you have a band and if you're not that person, 
you need to have someone in your band who is. Mm-hmm. And and uh, you know, and those those are those are uh, like the, the uh, you know, there's a few factors involved, and 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 um, so some of it is just luck in in having the right group of people where where that happens, you know. But um, or you know, you or you have to try and maybe embody all those things yourself, which is very difficult, and not everyone can do. Right. So, but I, but in my experience. Those are the things, things that you need, you know, okay. to, to, to rise above. And then after all that, you need persistence. You yeah. need to have the kind of mentality where you won't give up and you're going to keep going no matter what. And you're going to keep trying to improve and you're going to, you know, and you're not going to be deterred or dissuaded because, because you, uh, you know, haven't reached the level of success you were hoping for. Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes, you know, success in the music business, like if you can make a living as a musician, if you can make a living and, you know, not necessarily even like a great living, but if you can get by (laughs) doing what you love as a musician or uh, as a songwriter or whatever, you are successful. Mm -hmm. You have won, you know, and, you know, the the idea of, 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 uh, you know, fame and riches uh, is is a, a, a more distant uh, reality than it's ever been, I think, you know, especially with uh, it being harder than ever to sort of generate uh, a reasonable income for music, especially with, with, with most people streaming their music for free now. Mm-hmm. Like very, very few people are actually spending money on music unless they're, you know, going to see big tickets. Uh, acts, you know, um, but you know, people aren't really buying music anymore, and uh, so it's it's really really hard to make a make a living as a musician now. So, so if you can manage that at all, you are you are very successful. That's awesome advice, definitely. I just got into a little bit of a conversation with somebody with Facebook the other day where they were saying, "I'm sick and tired of bands bitching and moaning about not making it, not being successful," and I posted something very similar, like success is being able to record, perform, like be a musician, get out there and do what you love to do. That's what success is, you know, to me. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, can you get to a point in your life where you're happy with what you're doing? Even if you, you know, if you do have to supplement it with a, with a, you know, a straight job of of some sort, there's, there's no shame in that, Mm -hmm. especially in this day and age, you know, it's, it's actually, pretty sensible you know and then but if you can if you actually get to go beyond that and not have your not have to have your straight job anymore and 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 make you know a living as a musician you're you're a very very lucky person you know awesome multi-talented musician you've played with a ton of bands toured all over the world you're the drummer in blue rodeo and now have your new album out fates conspire what's next for you glenn well, um, I've got a whack of gigs with Rodeo this summer. We'll be hopping all over the country um, basically throughout the summer. I also have uh, more shows coming up with the Inblertons Future Now. We're doing a, a, an official record release for, for Ian's record. And uh, so that, is, that has its official record release July 20th at the Horseshoe in Toronto. And we'll also be playing Hamilton. And we have a 
a bunch of other gigs coming up in September. And uh, during those shows, I'll also be playing drums with Aaron Goldstein's Espinola. Mm. Espinola. Uh, so Aaron Goldstein also plays in Future Now, and he has uh, a record of his own out with a, a new record of his own out with his band Espinola. And the members of Future Now are being his band for those shows. So it's kind of a package tour where it's me opening solo and then we play as Espinola and then the, the four of us play as Espinola and then the four of us play as, as Ian Bluton's future now. That's awesome. So a, yeah. So it's sort of, you know, economical. Mm-hmm, totally. <laughs> you know, four, four people, three bands. Yeah. Um, uh, it's like a very economical touring unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll also be doing, I think I've got a couple of shows coming up uh, later in the year with Aaron Costello, who is a, a beautiful and incredibly talented uh, singer-songwriter from Halifax. And I played on, on her last record, which is called Sweet Marie, which I, I highly recommend. And if you ever get a chance to see Aaron Costello, I, I recommend her because she's brilliant just an incredible singer and wonderful songwriter and producer so i'm going to be doing some work with her and uh and i think you know i think that's it that's Uh, a lot uh, you know when i have time when i'm when i'm back in the city and i'm not touring i usually play the dakota every sunday with a band called the mercenaries which is a really fun um dance band and uh we play the Dakota Cabin, Dakota Tavern in Toronto every Sunday. So if you're in Toronto on a Sunday and looking for something to do, I always recommend going down and check out the Mercenaries. Awesome. That's, a, that's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And usually a lot of musicians drop by and sit in. We're coming to Toronto. We're touring back there in September. So hopefully we can make that part of our plan. Yeah. If you're, if you're around on a Sunday, I'll probably be back with them in September. I'm, I'm, I'm on the road a lot or... I'm away most weekends of the summer, so I'm not going to be playing with them much in the summer. But, uh, yeah, I'll probably be back there in September for sure. Okay. And then you forgot to mention um, my hometown, so Vancouver. You're going to be at the Peony August 17th with Blue Rodeo. That's right. So make sure right. everybody comes down and, and checks out. Hopefully, we've, we've actually met each other before many times. I've been backstage, but we didn't really know each other. So this time we can go, hey. Right. <laughs> Yeah, introduce yourself to me again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but I, I remember you that you uh, that uh, that Basil played on your record. I do remember that. Yeah, cool. Now, how can people find you on social media? Are, are you a big tweeter, Instagram, Facebook? Which one I'm do you on, prefer? I'm uh, on Facebook and Instagram, just under Glenn Belchin. Awesome. Glenn with two N's, M-I-L-C-H-E-M. Nice. On Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show tonight, Glenn. It was a pleasure chatting with you. And I wish you continued success in all your musical adventures. And best of luck with the new album, Fates Conspire. Thanks so much, Ruel. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Have a great night and uh, take care. Okay, you too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm going to play Fates Conspire right now. This is Sherelle Jardine with multi-talented Glenn Milcham. And you're listening to Make It Sing Canada on Pacific Northwest Radio. I don't know how I knew, but I knew. Even before I met you When our friends arranged the dates And I arrived typically late Postponing the inevitable Afraid my plate was full 
But I knew what I had to do And honey, I made room for you There are forces Greater than us Governing our dreams And desires We're only pawns Made of water and Insufferable and proud Since I've been with you I've found I'm easier to be around I've done my time as a broken dream For lovers with low self-esteem There are lessons I had to go through To get to save with you There are forces Greater than us Governing our dreams And desires We're only pawns Made of water and dust When stars show. Big thank you to Glenn for being on the show tonight. Find him on social media, follow him and buy his music. Find out where he's playing next so you can go and enjoy his music live. Leave the station on 24-7. It's music online all the time. You can find your favorite programs at PacificNorthwestRadio.com and if you miss a show, download it on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. It's all there waiting for you. Big shout out to my Magazine Canada sponsor, Sheldon Zaharko from Zed Productions. All you rock stars ready to record your new album or single, check out Zed Productions at SheldonZaharko.com. The music that you're listening to right now is from my band Head, recorded with Sheldon. 
And you can hear more head at headmusic.ca. And also check out my other band, Stone Poets, that Sheldon also produces at stonepoets.ca. Don't forget to listen in every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to make a scene Canada here on Pacific Northwest Radio to discover your next favorite artist. I'm Sherelle Jardine, musician and music lover. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Go check out some live music this week. Only we can prevent more venues from closing. Take a few minutes out of your day and share artists and make us in Canada and Pacific Northwest Radio on social media. Get out and enjoy live music. Bring your friends with you. You can share the experience together. My band Head has a show August 10th at the Red Room. And if you want tickets, send me a message. It's going to be a rock extravaganza. Together, let's make a scene in 2019.